0: And uh, uh, I I pray you stand strong. The angels know you need food. The angels know you need water. The angels know you need these things. This is the time to believe the supernatural. I prophesied in Africa, all through Nigeria and Africa, the God was going to send men and apostles that had no money, no nothing, and supernatural miracles will take place. And supernatural provision will come. So I'm speaking supernatural provision for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to continue. This is going to be part two. I started last week. This is a prophetic word that I gave back in 2016. And a lot of times I get, a lot of my teachings are prophetic. Uh, I haven't taught the same thing twice in years, almost 30 years. The Lord gave me a new message every Sunday. So I never preached the same thing, but he wanted me to go back again. This was done four years ago. I brought this word on how to return to Zion. We said that was the year 2016. Uh, uh, was a year of jubilee. It was a year of uh, uh, the 50th of the fiftieth uh, of the uh, the the seventieth of the fifty jubilee fifty year jubilees was two thousand sixteen. It was the seventieth time that jubilee was come and it was supposed to uh, had had taken place and the enemy has been fighting our jubilee, and so uh, we talked last week a little bit about Nehemiah. Uh, how to return, he had to return and uh, he had to rebuke the elders because they had put their brothers and sisters in tribute and uh, that your financial wealth is connected to your returning to the Lord. God said, you return to me, I'll return to you, what belongs to you. And, uh, uh, and then we talked about uh, Jeroboam and Rehoboam, how uh, they, Jeroboam uh, set up uh, golden calves because he was afraid the people were going to go to Jerusalem to worship the Lord and he turned the people to re- idolatry. So, the hindrance to returning to the Lord is idolatry. And we know that America and a lot of nations are full of idolatry, full of themselves, worshiping the, uh, all the idol figures have been shut down now. No more, you ain't watching no more basketball stars, baseball stars, football stars. All of it shut down. Guys, I'll shut your idols down so you can see who I am. And I talked about uh, uh, King Hezekiah last week. I talked about, you can get to, on the first tape, uh, how to return to the Lord. Listen to that video. Uh, Hezekiah, pride stopped him from returning to the Lord. Uh, God healed him. He was sick. The prophet came to him. Isaiah came to him and, and uh, said, get your house in order. You're about to die. And he turned his face to the wall. He cried out to God. Lord, I remember all the deliverance I wrought, all the things that I did, all the roads I tore out, all the stuff. And God had mercy on him and gave him 15 more years. But God said, your sons will be eunuchs. But he didn't even care. He just was happy he got his 15 years. Then he got lifted in pride showed the, uh, the Philistines the men that came he, he showed them everything that he had and God said because of that uh, your pride uh, you, you, your sons will be eunuchs in there and so uh, I finished up talking about shepherds, about turnaround to Zion and I'm going to go into part 2 uh, that we said that and when I spoke this back in 2016 God said it's going to be a time of reflection, reset and return that was four years ago, and now you're hearing it again this year. Uh, Jeremiah 18 11 says, Now therefore said the men of Judah to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus said the Lord, Behold, I'm shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Return now. I said that for you. I said, Lord, said, Return now, now, turn now, because I'm. Uh, 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 return now, each from your evil way, reform your custom ways and make individual actions good and right. So for four years, we've been decreeing and declaring, and God said, you better get pastors. I I prophesied pastors, you better get your life in order. Quit fornicating with the people and quit having adultery, quit stealing the offerings. God said, he's gonna shut you down. Uh, You better make individual actions, make it line up, get back to the ways of God, stop all this religious stuff going on in the church. And so God said this four years ago. So now we're catching up with what God says. Now, you don't have to die Uh, uh, your sins cause judgment. So I'm going to pick up in Zechariah. I I, I think I did, Zechariah. Your sins, Zechariah 1, verse 6, I'm going to just pick up there and we'll see how far we get. He said, verse 1 says, the prophet here puts them in mind of the controversy that God had with their fathers. The Lord had been sorely displeased with your fathers and has laid them under the tokens of his displeasure. You have heard with your ears and your fathers have told you of it, you have seen with your eyes the woeful remains of it. So God destroyed Israel. He took them to captivity and everything else. And and they saw it. But they still didn't want to listen to the prophets. They bruised the prophets. They killed the prophets. They ran and turned their neck against the prophets. So here's Zechariah is telling them about God's judgment upon them. And this is just a, 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 uh, 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 just some notes on Zechariah 1 and 6. It says now, you have seen with your eyes the woeful remains of it. Now when I said, last week when I said the word, you see, read the word woe, it means grief. When every time the Bible says woe, 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 it means grief, heaviness, a, a, a grief that's coming upon the people. And he said, now, um, God's quarrel with you has been longstanding. Therefore, it's time for you to think of taking it up. Note the judgments of God. Which those that went before us were under flies, uh, uh, water, uh, uh, serpents in wilderness, and all kind of things uh, came. Up, plagues came upon them. Uh, should be taken as warnings to us not to tread in their steps. Calls to repentance. There was a call to repentance that we may not be cut off the entail of the curse and get it turned into a blessing. God, you see, a lot of us think that God's like us, that he winks at our, our foolishness. Verse two says, he calls them in God's name to return to him. So here's exactly what he's calling, return to me and make peace with me. God, verse three says, God by him says that to this backsliding people, which he had often said by his service to prophets, turn you to me in a way of faith, And repentance, duty, obedience, and I will turn to you in a way of favor, mercy, grace, peace, and reconciliation. Let the rebels return to their allegiance, and they may be taken under the protection of the government and enjoy all the privileges of good subjects. Let them change your way, and God will change his. So we, we, see, we got to change our way first before God changes his way. His ways are right. Our ways are wrong. The Bible says the way a man thinketh in his heart uh, leads to evil. But God's ways are right. So he said, turn to me and I'll turn to you. And so thus the Lord said to the Lord of hosts, it is he that speaks. Therefore you are bound to regard what he says. Turn you to me, said the Lord of hosts. And this intimates the authority and obligation of the command. He said, turn to me. Turn now. Turn to me. And I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. And so when he says, I'm going to return, this intimates the validity and value of the promise. If you do it, I'm going I'm to do my part. So that it be no vain repetition. So... The consideration of God's almighty power and sovereign dominion should both engage and encourage sinners to repent and turn to him. See, we're about to see the hand of God. The earth is about to see his hand. And it might be a hand of slap. (laughs) And he really don't have to slap us. That's not God's way. All he got to do is flick his little finger and the whole earth will shake that's how awesome he is. That's how big he is. If he just turns, the Bible said they said that when he is on his throne and he just moves his garment a little bit, angels go flying. Just, whew, they just go scattering. And just the power of who he is. And that's why uh, he said, return to me. And so there's a fear in the people's heart when Moses was standing before the Lord. And Lord said, tell the people, I'm going to meet him in three days. Sanctify yourself. Come before me. Don't touch the mountain. Put a rope around it. He said, but I'm going to come down and speak to these people. And, and Moses was standing there, and God came down, and they heard the sound of a trumpet. It wasn't like a voice. It was like a, that was God speaking. And Moses said, He just wonderful. Listen to all this. And he looked behind him. Everybody ran. And they all said, wait a minute, you, you go listen to him and we'll do whatever he say do. but don't let him fall on me. But God said in these last days, he's going to speak. And I prophesied as you're going to hear the voice of God in the earth. He is going to speak from the heavens and people are going to hear his voice. It's going to shock a lot of folks. So return to me means I'm full of mercy. Luke 17 verse 12 through 15 says, Uh, Jesus was going into the one village, and he was whipped by ten lepers. And he stood at a distance. And they raised up their voices and said, Call, Jesus, Master, take pity on us, Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go at once, show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and they were cured and made clean. See, when you return to God, you got to come show yourself to the apostles, the prophets, get on his altar so we can clean you up. Get you delivered. Get the demons out of you. Then one of them, seeing that he was cured, turned back. Turned back. You got to turn back, recognizing, thanking, and praising God with a loud voice. I hear the Spirit of the Lord said, I'm going to cure you. I'm going to heal you in your house, and I expect to see you come into my house. When this thing lifts, there's going to be miracles taking place right now in people's houses right now. That they're gonna cause, come back like the one leper, came back thanking and praising God with a loud voice. Glory to God. Verse 16, he fell prostrate at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over that he was he, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were there not ten cleansed? Were there not nine? Where are the nine? Was there not? Was there no one found to return? Was there no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this one alien? One they would they didn't say that he was a Christian or a Jew. He was he just the lepers. He didn't say whether well, he says he's the alien. He wasn't even of other, other Jewish, but he came back and gave thanks. And he said, Go, get up, go your way, your faith. Here it is. Your faith, your confidence. Uh, and trust that spring from your belief in God has restored your health. You with coronavirus, have faith in God. He will restore your health. Have faith. If you're a believer, you walk in divine health anyway. I don't care if the coronavirus come at you, it can't stay, it can't kill you because God has his hand on you, amen? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of all of them, amen? So you gotta have an attitude of gratitude when God does something. As I said last week, King Hezekiah, the Bible says that he did not turn return to God in kind what God did for him. He was getting ready to die. And God gave him life, and the Bible says he did not with his heart really turn to God. He was still full of himself. So when you return to God, you got to let go of everything. You got to let go of your pride, you let go of your haughtiness. You got to turn to God. This uh, uh, I don't know. Okay, Lord, I'm just going to do what the Lord said. When I, I was teaching years ago, years ago, about 19, in the 1990, 99, something like that, I was teaching in Baroda, India, up in the northern part of India. I was doing activation classes on the prophetic. I was teaching prophetic singing to these people that never heard it before. They never heard what prophetic worship was. This is back in the 90s. And I was teaching, and I, was, I had team activation. I had people growing hands and had them just pray, and get a word, a word from the Lord, and pray for the person, praying for them, and I was, pe- and there were some men standing on the side, like this, with their arms folded. They were standing on the side. And I was, and I was ministering, and the Holy Ghost hit me, and I just turned to them, and began to prophesy to them. And I said, you think this is not of God, you think God is not in this day, and your heart is hardened toward God. And I just turned back to the people, and went on, and kept on ministering to the people. Well, they came back the next day, three of them. That night, Jesus came and visited them in their houses. Each each one of them, he said, why are you fighting against my church? They were Hindus. Jesus showed up in their house, and they came back, gave their testimony, and as soon as they gave their testimony, the Holy Ghost hit them, and they started laughing and falling out in the spirit. And when two of them got up, one of them said, I'm a businessman. I'm donating donating this land to the church. And another one said, I'm going to build the church. God is a powerful God, and when you turn to him with all your heart, he will show up in your life. What happens when it becomes too late to return? Luke chapter 16, verse 20 says now, and at his gate, there was a carelessly dropped down and left certain, uh, uh, a certain utterly destitute man named Lazarus. He was reduced to begging alms and covered with ulcerated sores. He eagerly desired to be satisfied with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It occurred that the man reduced to begging died and was carried up by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, in Hades, the realm of the dead, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have pity on and mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip his tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue. For I am anguished and in this faith. And, and uh, uh, Abraham said, child, remember, re- remember now, don't get mad at God because you get the coronavirus when God was trying to talk to you. That in your whole lifetime, you got your Mercedes, you got your cars, you got the house, you got all of this stuff, but you didn't want to have anything to do with God. Your whole lifetime you received that was due to you, comforts, delights. You can go up here, get jet set, do all this stuff. And Lazarus in like manner had all the discomforts and distresses. But now he is comforted here and you're in anguish. So you got to be careful what you build your house upon. And so the, the thing is, it says there's a chasm chis- between us. You, we, you can't. We can't. Nobody come. It's too late. You can't wait till it's too late. It's time to return to the Lord now. 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 Today. Uh, this is April 21st, 2020. I don't think you have too much more time to return to the Lord. The window is closing very shortly. I believe, uh, I prophesied Sunday and I, and I, last Sunday I said, I see something coming by January, February is going to be horrible and just on the news today, they're saying the same thing. Something getting ready to hit again. Another wave is getting ready to hit in January, February. And they ain't even saved. And they're telling us, it's getting ready to happen. So you only have a short window now, people that are not saved. To get saved. There's something worse going to come. It's going to be too late then. Now I'm going to Lamentations 3. What happened when you do not return? This is the prophet now. And a lot of people think, well, prophets they ain't supposed to go through nothing. And they ain't supposed to suffer nothing. Jeremiah wrote this, Lamentations. Look what he wrote in Lamentations 3, verse 37. I don't know if I have time to go all of it. But he says, who is he who speaks and it comes to pass? If not, the Lord has authorized and commanded it. Is it not out of the mouth of the most high that evil and good both proceed? Adversity, prosperity, physical evil or misfortune or physical good or happiness? Why does a living man sigh? Why are you sighing? One who is still in life's school of discipline. And why does a man complain for the punishment of his sins? Do you know if you read the book I read back there, in the last chapter of Revelation, the Bible says that when the when the rocks fall on them and the hailstones fall on them and, 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 and stuff, they're gonna curse God. Even in the midst of judgment, they're gonna still curse God. People's hearts be set hard against God. So God said, so "Don't complain because of your sin. Let us test and examine our ways. That's how you return to God. You gotta examine yourself." Uh, uh, first Corinthians I shared last week. Let a man examine himself, and he'll not be judged. Let us test our ways. Let us return to the Lord. This is Jeremiah that stood there and prophesied, the weeping prophet, said, you're going into captivity for 70 years. I don't care what you say. You're going into captivity, and they got mad. They threw him in a the cesspool. They threw him in a the sewer. They put him in prison, and he, he said, here come the little weeping prophet again. He's just weeping and crying, but he went through the persecution with them. He went through the trials with them. He said, let us lift up our hearts and our hands and then with them, mount up the prayer into heaven. So you got uh, to, you don't know how to pray. You better know how to pray now. We have transgressed and rebelled and you have not pardoned. Notice that the prophet said we. He didn't say y'all did it. He said, I'm part of the program. I'm part of Israel. He said, we have transgressed and rebelled against you and have not, and you have not pardoned us. You have covered yourself here, here, when you're praying, when you don't think you can get your prayer through, this is what happens. You have covered yourself with wrath and pursued and afflicted us. You have slain without pity. You have covered yourself with a cloud that no prayer can pass through. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in that position where your prayers are hitting the ceiling. It's like, what nothing getting through, God said, when I get mad, ain't nothing coming through. When I get mad, I'm going to be hidden from you. You have made us an offscoring refuge from among nations. All our enemies have gaped at us and railed against us. Fear and pitfall have come upon us. Devastation, destruction. My eyes overflow with streams of tears. This is the prophet saying it. I'm crying because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. My eyes overflow continually and will not cease until the Lord looks down and sees from heaven. There are people crying out right now that have lost loved ones. They couldn't even go to the hospital to see them. They couldn't even get near them. All they know is that somebody put them in a bag and they put them in a ditch somewhere. The pain is coming upon America and you've got to return and turn to the Lord now. See, God is watching over you. And as I said, 2016 was a year of the A.I.N. of God watching over us. But 2020 is God is watching over us. We're seeing things, but also he's given us the ability to now vocalize what we're seeing, what God is seeing. Second Chronicles 16 says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the earth. Show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Uh, it, you got to have a perfect heart and repent and turn away and, and set your heart now. So when any kind of disease or virus comes, you're already it ain't bothering you. It don't bother me whether the coronavirus come or not. It ain't coming to my house because I walk in divine health. I walk in believing that God is my God and I have a perfect heart toward God. So I qualify in this scripture. Psalms thirty-four fifteen. the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Are you righteous? And his ears open to their cry. So he hears me when I pray. Proverbs 5, 21, the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. He pondered all his goings. Your, your, everything about you has been written in God's book. He already knew what you were going to do before you do it. And so that's why he backed up and set up situations. He knew what day you're going to get saved. He knew what day you're going to repent. And he knows what day that you, those that don't want to repent. And he knows that he, those that are going to go to the pit. Zechariah 2, verse 1 to 4, and I lifted up my eyes and I saw and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then said, Where are you going? He said, To measure Jerusalem, to see its breadth, and what is this length. And behold, the angel who talked with me went forth, and another wager went out to meet him. And he said to the second angel, Run and speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited and dwell in as villages without walls, because of the multitude of people and livestock in it. Verse 5 For I, said the Lord, will be to her a wall of fire round about, and I will be the glory in the midst of it. You have to return to Zion because Zion is the place where God is a wall of flame around with coronavirus, whatever kind of virus, whatever H1N1, whatever kind of influenza tries to come. He's a wall of flame around you. He said, hold, verse 6, Ho, hold, ho, here and free from the land of the north, said the Lord. For the four winds of heaven, for them to have, I scattered you, says the Lord. Ex- Verse 7 says, Ho, escape to Zion. Zion is the church. Escape to the church, and you who dwell in the daughter of Babylon. Babylon is, is, is the world. Babylon is confusion. It means confusion. It's the world. He said, come out of the world. Don't touch the things of the world. Come back to me. Come back to the church and I will be a wall of flame around you. Thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory had, been, had sent me, his messenger to the nations who plundered you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. God's got a remnant that he will not allow the devil to touch. There's going to be a remnant in the earth. If you read Revelation, he said one-third of the earth is going to be burned up. But God said, I'm going to leave a remnant. I'm going to have a people that are apple of his eye, those that have turned and returned to God. God sees your situation. Genesis 16, 17, we know the story uh, that uh, Hagar and, uh, uh, got into it. with uh, Abraham had a child by Hagar, Ishmael, and, and uh, uh, they got sibling rivalry, got the fighting and carrying on. So he said, put her out of the camp. And so Abram had to put Hagar out of the camp. And Hagar went in, and the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. And it was a spring that was beside the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, what have you come from? And where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. And the angel told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel said, I also, I will increase your descendants' As They shall be two, shall be numerous to account. So, this is the first time when she chased her out of the camp. And she went to him and said, Go back. I got a plan for you. Sometimes we want to leave a t- tight situation, we want to get out of something. But God said, No, stay in there and submit. See, we got to learn how to submit to God to what He wants because He had a plan. And later on, uh, uh, she had Ishmael, and God said, I'm going to bless Ishmael. And right now, uh, over in Iran and Iraq and over there, the, the, uh, uh, Israel is being attacked by, by the Hindu, by the Muslims. There's always been a fight going on between the brothers. Ishmael, the Bible says, Ishmael will be a wild ass among men. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he will live in the east on the borders of his kingdom. So we know there's always going to be a battle going on, living there. But back four years ago, 5776 was the year of 2016. It meant that God said, you're going to be a peg, that my people no longer be peg, uh, square pegs in round holes. It, it meant a nail in a secure place or position. It means that you're going to be in the house of judgment. You'll be secure. Isaiah twenty-two fourteen 14 says, the Lord of hosts revealed himself in my ears. And he said, surely this unatoned sin shall not be purged from you until you are punished with the punishment will be death, said the Lord of hosts. Come, go to this contemptible steward. Now, here's a, he's talking about Shibna was a steward who over the house of the Lord, but who presumptuously was enough to be building himself a tomb among the mighty, the tomb worthy of the king and say to him, "What business have you here, and whom have you entombed here, and that you should have the right to hew your own tomb out among the kings? So this guy was in the house of the Lord, he went out and built his own little tomb among the kings. He ain't nobody, and what God was saying in isaiah twenty two you in the church you got uh, they got it on facebook that, uh these, this one got a hundred billion, this one's got a hundred million. this practice's got sixty million. they got all these big all these millions of dollars. And built themselves all these great ministries. And God said, if you read this, God said, I'm going to take it all from you. And I'm going to give it to the one that has been suffering in the storefront. For years and years and years and been faithful. See, there's faithful pastors. God said 7,000 ain't bowed to knee that have been serving God's sheep and serving God. Nobody knows them. Nobody knows their name. They don't on TV. They're not on anything. And God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take away that, that that mantle from you. And I'm going to put it on my son. I'm going to put it on my remnant. I'm going to put it on them. There's going to be a changing of the guard skin. That was the prophetic word, 2016. God said, I'm going to change the guard. Get rid of the old wine skins. If you notice, uh, here in America, I don't know about in Africa, but we've had a lot of bishops, a lot of pastors go on to glory. And I shared Sunday that a lot of times God will take them into glory to keep them from going to hell. Sometimes he's got to get you off the playing field before you mess up real bad. So God will take you in. So let me get out of here, at least you be stuck now, and then you be in judgment of the white throne judgment. Let me take you home, or your part is played. I know in school, uh, we had school plays and, and there's always one person that was supposed to get off the stage and they still on the stage. <laughs> Come off the stage. You ain't supposed to be on the stage. So that was like John the Baptist. John, John thought he was going to get out of prison. You know, he, I just, uh, he said, are you the one or should we look for another? You know, and he thought he was coming out of prison. He said, no, John, your time's up. You must decrease that he may increase. And so Isaiah was telling her there's going to be a change of wife kids I'm not going to, uh, he said in verse 17, Behold, the Lord will hurl you away violently. You old strong man, yes, he will take hold of you, and you will surely cover you with shame. He will surely roll you up in a bundle, Shibna, and toss you like a ball into a large country. You, there you will die, there you will be, ups- uh, will be your splendid chariot, you disgrace to your master's house. He will thrust you down from your office and from your station will you be pulled down. So as prophets, we are to begin to deal with and speak to and and speak to the wickedness and the corruption that we see in our state government, that we see in our city government, that we see wicked leaders in control. You need to speak the word of the Lord against those wicked leaders. God's going to move you. God's going to take you. and Everyone that thinks that they got so much power, they're all in the grave right now. I've been on Earth over seventy-some years now, and all the ones that thought they were great, they all got to go the way of the grave. No one gets to stand on the stage with God in this end time. He said, "I'm gonna make you a secure peg. You're gonna be the gatekeepers of cities, gatekeepers of nations, gatekeepers of villages." He said. I am going to set up my remnant; they're going to be strong. I'm going to clothe them with my robe. I will strengthen it with a girdle. I will commit my government into his hand. Notice he said, "I'm going to commit my government into his hand." God is committing the governmental authority of the apostle and prophet right now into the hands of the apostles and prophets in the earth, authority to to, to straighten out nations, authority to dress them. Everywhere Paul went, he ups, upset. Villages and cities and nations. Everywhere he went because of the apostolic anointing. And God's raising up apostles in his end time. They're going to they're gonna shake cities and shake nations. He said, the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder. He shall open, none shall shut, he shall shut, and none shall open. And so the authority of the God has apostles in the earth now that have authority to shut up nations. Authority to open up nations. Authority to speak. I went through uh, Nigeria in 2012, 2016. I went through, uh, spent six weeks going there. I was only supposed to be there for two weeks. Wound up going to every major city in Nigeria and declare the word of the Lord that judgment was coming, persecution was coming, and you needed to flee from the north. And right now, all the people are fleeing from the north because of persecution in the church. God always has a gatekeeper, uh, uh, someone uh, that He uses. And so the Father's love is important for you to return. To the Lord. Proverbs three verse eleven says, "My son, don't despise or shrink from the chastening of the Lord, by his correction, by punishment, or by subjection to suffering or trial. Well, why we got to go through? Why the virus hitting the passes? Why the virus not hitting the this one? Why the virus hitting? Don't complain about it. Neither be weary of or impatient about or loathe or abhor his reproof." As I said Sunday, and I said it again, Moses went to get the law, to get direction, to get governmental order, get governmental structure from God. He said, I'm going to be back. Y'all stay here. Don't cut up. He got up there after 40 days. He heard him down there. He said, "Oh, well, was a war going on. God said, "There's a war going on. And Moses said, no. They didn't broke out. Mm-hmm. folks cannot sit still for 40 days. Moses couldn't get them to sit still for 40 days. Now, how are we going to get, how are the government going to try to get people to stay in their house, through this coronavirus for 40 days? It ain't working. These folks are out there already. I'm six feet apart, I'll be six feet apart. I'm going to get out here and protest. Let me go. I want to be, I want to be free. <laughs> God said, be still. Don't be impatient. I got it. Oh, I got to get out of this house. I don't know what I'm going to do in this house. God's got you in that house to get to you to kill your flesh. For you to cast down reasons and imaginations, and for you to reflect your heart and change your way and reset yourself, instead of worrying about how you're going to get out in the street, you need to reset because what you got may not last very long. You're learning that your car ain't that important. You're learning that all that all them shoes you got, you can't go nowhere. You can't even wear (laughs) it. Folks on Facebook changing clothes on Facebook. People are on Facebook, I see them on Facebook, they ain't got nothing to do all day, so they they take pictures of themselves changing the clothes all day. Verse 12 says, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Even as a father corrects a son whom he delights. Sometimes we think God wants to kill us, uh, sometimes we want to kill our own children, sometimes we get so mad, we, if I can strangle you, I get away with it, if I can kill you, and God won't question me about it, I do it, but we know we can't do it, so... We got to show love. So God uses the belt of truth for whippings. Hebrews 12 verse 5 says, And have you completely forgotten the divine word of appeal and encouragement, in which you are reasoned with and addressed as sons? My son, don't think lightly or scorn to submit to the correction and discipline of the Lord nor lose courage and give up and faint when you're reproved and corrected by him. For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. He punishes, even scourges, every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. Let me just give you some apostolic wisdom. You're going to get a whooping whether you do good or not. I tried it when I first started ministry back in 1989, 1990. I'm gonna be good to God. I'm gonna do everything God said do. I'm gonna be perfect. He ain't gonna hit me. He ain't gonna get me. Didn't work. He set me up. He set me up. He told me to go. He said, "I want you to go buy some land," and didn't give me no money to do it. And then when I did went and do it, all the people left me, and I'm saying, "What in the world? Why are you tell me to do this?" I could have been comfortable not doing all of this. (laughs) You know, he had to deal with some issues in my heart. The bell of truth is whooping you. So God said, I'm trying to give you glimpses of wisdom. Luke 8, 16. They're trying to put your light out. Don't let the world put your light out. No one, after he has lighted a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a dining table or a couch. But he puts it on a lampstand that those who come may see the light. There is nothing hidden that shall not be disclosed, nor anything secret that shall not be known and come out into the open. God is, the word very clearly says in Isaiah that gross darkness was going to cover the earth. The earth is shut down now, it's dark. People are full of fear, their hearts are trembling don't know what we got to get back to work. We got to do something. Oh, we're gonna lose everything if we don't go to work. We're gonna... and, and God said, "I've sent you to be a light. Why are you fretting?" And the world, they out there fretting. The church shouldn't be fretting. We shouldn't be all upset. Oh, I gotta wear a mask. <laughs> you see the guy? guy he said, uh, 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 "We want to be free. We want to. We want to be able to free." Uh, this is against the law. But he's standing out there with a mask on and everything. He didn't even believe <laughs> what he was picking it for. God said, I'm going to reposition you and set you securely. From 2016 even to now, the Bible says, in whom all the buildings fitly framed together grow up, up into a holy temple of the Lord, in whom we also are builded together as an habitation of God through the Spirit. Apostles and prophets should be building the body of Christ, not building buildings. I spent 30 years building the lives of my people. I wasn't concerned about the power. I'm more concerned about building them because I'm building a spiritual house. I'm building a habitation of God that, that, that will grow up in a holy temple. And when you're building a house, anytime you get into construction, they got what you have support beams and support poles. And a lot of people we thought would be the building itself, would just support people. God's taking the supports out of the way. And there's a body that's about to rise up in the earth that is full of, of the power of God. God has an apostolic purpose. For us to return. That we not be children tossed to and fro. According to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. That we are not henceforth more children tossed to and fro. Cared about every wind of doctrine. Every slight of men. Every cunning craft. Whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Matthew said 24. Jesus they asked Jesus what's, what's going to be the sign of the end times. He said first thing out of the mouth. See that no man deceive you. Don't let men deceive you. And if you. Uh, I had to sort of correct people. even on Facebook today. Stop start arguing with these people about Trump. Stop arguing with the people about Pelosi stop our weapons of a warfare and our carnal, our apostolic careers in the spirit realm. We deal with spiritual matters, not politicians. Politicians have demons behind them. We want to deal with the demons behind the politicians. Demons that are controlling the Senate. Demons that are controlling the House of Representatives. Demons that are over the White House. That's who we're supposed to be fighting. Don't worry about Trump. Gotta handle Trump. Gotta win or that. We are to fight in the spirit realm against principalities and powers. But we have to speak the truth in love that we may grow up and fight. Somebody asked me, so, well, well well, 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 you shouldn't be talking about politicians. A pastor shouldn't be talking about politics. We are to confront injustice and iniquity. And if it's in the politicians, we have to confront it. You have to confront it. John the Baptist uh, 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 got his head cut off. He didn't get his head cut off because he was mad at the politics that was going on at the time. Well, like you, you're a Republican and y'all wicked, or you're a Democrat and y'all wicked. He went after the king and said, you're in fornication, you're in perversion, you're in adultery with another man's wife. You're wicked, wicked. He went after the sin, he didn't go after the nation. And that's what we're called to do is go after sin. The prophets in Lamentations chapter 2 verse uh, uh, says that it's the job of the prophet to discover your sin to keep you from going into captivity. To keep you from going into the bondage of the enemy. So the whole body has to be fitly compacted and joined together. Every joint supplying. So God's just removing some joints that got arthritis in in the body of Christ and got rid of it. God just removed some cancers that were in the body of Christ. God's removing some some people in the head that thought they were the head and they were really the tail and he's moving them out of their pulpits. He shut the church down that he can reset the church. He can get the ashes out of the church. He can get the carnality out of the church and he can get people to return to the house of the Lord. People don't want to return to the house of the Lord because there's been wolves in the house of the Lord, that's why they don't want to come back. Why would I want to come back to a church they got five wolves in there waiting on it, waiting on it to devour me? I don't want to come back. So God's clean, cleaning out His house. Hallelujah! Praise God. I got four more minutes. 2016, God said, "I want you to arise, return, and rebuild spiritually. Arise, return to Me." And rebuild spiritually. Acts fifteen, sixteen. After this I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build up the rooms thereof, and I will set up set it up that the residue of men. Might seek after the Lord Not after the smoke Not after all the lights shining And the, the praise team up on the stage And all the lights off dark in the audience God said I, I didn't call you and He said I want to rebuild the prophetic worship I want to rebuild the apostolic worship You shouldn't be coming in and singing the same Three slow, three fast three slow Take up the offering way we go You should be singing the mind of Christ Because he's speaking 24 hours When you come in and worship him And release the prophetic sound And prophetic worship God said Jesus Gentiles will come, that whom the Lord has called, saith the Lord of hosts, I would do these things, who doeth all things. Say, I just need you to do prophetic worship. When you get into prophetic worship, miracles take place, healings take place, people are set free, salvation takes place. When, when you get into veins of prophetic worship, I've had them come on the altar in the 90s, they, I would just start singing prophetically and worship, and you have six people sitting on the altar. and said, what are you up here for? I want to repent. But God will draw them if we allow the Lord to have free reign or the house of David to rise up. So what did we see? We saw the prophetic come in the 90s and and the early 2000s and then they hijacked it. The Saul camp or the denominational churches wanted to get the organ, the Hammond B3 organ and get everybody in the flesh, dancing and bucking and jumping and running through the drums and falling all out. And then the other camp wants to get smoke and mirrors and all this and turn the lights out and get God, God ain't nowhere in the room, and it, and people are looking at these stars up on the stage and not worshiping God. God said, "I want prophetic worship. I want praise to return to the house of the Lord. Don't bring that mess in." I, I, I I'm gonna wrap this up. I got two minutes. Uh, we had a church across this. We were across the road here, and uh, uh, I had an apostle come in, and uh, he wanted to do the church in God in Christ Ham and thing. And, and, and I said, no, you can't do that. We don't do that up in here. And he got kind of upset about it. And the Lord spoke to me. He spoke to me. And he said, if I want to hear the Church of God of Christ sound, I'll go over to the Church of God of Christ church. Don't you do that up in here. <laughs> I want to hear it sound. <laughs> don't you do that up in here. You, this is my house. <laughs> Amen. Don't bring that mess up in my house. I don't want that mess. So we are to rebuild spiritually. In uh, five, seven, 2016, God said jubilee was to begin to prepare building in the situation or in the circumstance you find yourself and causing you to question God's heart and love towards you and making you resist your new beginning. So God said, I'm going to bring something that you begin to question what's in your heart. I'm going to bring something to you. You've got to have to change your ways, reset your heart, return to the Lord, repent of your sins. Let God deal with your carnality because we think we know how to build a house. God. First thing God told me when he, said, when he, when he called me to be a, a preacher, he said, I know how to build my house. Don't worry about it. You just follow my lead. Because I asked, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do, how to build a church. He said, I know how to do it. You just follow my lead and I'll teach you. The enemy is using your reaction to stop you from moving into God's best. The world said, You just got to look this way. I wonder how many women now are going to throw away those Chinese wigs you bought. Might have Corona on it. You don't know. If I only had diamonds, I've only had this. It ain't important no more now. The whole earth is shut down. Return to the Lord, and he'll return to you. He'll give you his best. Are you kicking against the pricks and attempting to move in a way that the Holy Spirit is developing checks in your spirit? Are situations and circumstances creating roadblocks to stop you from entering into the the wrong new beginning? See, they're saying it's a new normal. The devil is a lie. Ain't no new normal. God's same yesterday, today, and forever. Ain't no new normal with God. Amen. Repent, turn around, come back to God, reset yourself. Examine your way. Reflect on where you went left when you supposed that went right. Go back to where you went left instead of going right. You got to go back. no, don't think you're gonna keep going the way you're going. You got to come back. Return. Repent means to turn around and go back. Well, you don't know. I've been. I spent five years doing this. Well, you lost five years. Guess what? I serve a God that can give you five, fifteen years if He wants to. So you don't lose anything. Just turn around and go back. He can accelerate you past the place where you should have been, but. As I call it, I call it cutting bait. Get in relationships, it ain't going nowhere, you've been dating that guy for four years and he refused to marry you. Cut bait. We call cutting bait when you're fishing and you get snagged. (laughs) You're going to cut the line and going out there and put you another hook in there. Well, praise God. I'm going to have to stop here. I ran out of time. We'll finish up part three next week, I guess, praise God. Let me pray for those around the world. I pray that you return. I pray that God will begin to convict your heart even now. I pray that you would confess him as Lord and Savior. I pray that you would open up your mouth and say, Lord, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against anybody else but you. And I repent of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. Live your life through me. I submit myself to God and I resist the devil. And every disease, every sickness, and every thing will fall away from me. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. You. Oh, yeah, that was the next slide, part three. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> oh, wow. He said, Wow. These huh? <laughs> religious, they hijacked what God was trying to do in the earth. Seeker-friendly churches. Smoking mirrors. And now they're finding out what that, uh, these guys from Hillsong and the church in Reading and all that all that stuff. How the doctrine and the error have gotten off. Then I was just reading about, uh, was it Rick Joyner? He's a part of the Malta, Knights of the Malta of There's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. It's a demonic part of the Illuminati. Jesus, let me stop this.